Hello, welcome to Hangover Lounge, your destination for podcasts and storytelling from the entertainment industry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to XCU The Viewfinder, where we talk about all things entertainment industry and showbiz related. Today on XCU The Viewfinder, we have film pioneer Iman Zawari with us. Iman is an award-winning writer, producer, and director. She's one of the first Muslim hijabi female filmmakers in America, and she is also a professor at the University of Florida. Iman's short films have been selected for too many festivals to count and have won too many awards to count, including her third short film, Tough Crowd, winning a student Emmy and being a finalist in NBC comedy Shortcuts. More recently, Iman's feature Americanish won the 2021 CamFest Audience Award and was selected for several other festivals, including the Bentonville Film Festival, the DC Asian Pacific American Film Festival, the New York Asian Film Festival, and the Over the Rhine International Film Festival. Thank you so much for being here. Um, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad. Thank you. What inspired you to be a filmmaker in the first place? Yeah, so, I mean, the story that many tell, like, there's and it's also true, there's literally no one like me. And so I um, wanted to, to be honest, I wanted to tell stories, period. Um, I grew up in um, the 80s and 90s, and I loved 80s and 90s film, and I loved how it made you feel. There were always feel-good comedies, and it really kind of took me through the times that I was having, like, growing up brown in the South. And so I was, I never thought that that was a career choice I could go into, and it was really awesome that um, I had an embedded talent towards it because it was been ingrained in me and towards my joy when I was growing up. So what really influenced me is, you know, being loving film and loving stories and hearing stories. I came from a, a medical background. My father was the eldest of 17. All of them are in the medical background. I was, you know, supposed to be a doctor as well. And so going into the arts world of telling stories it, it, the amount of like elation and joy, just imagine me like kind of floating to the sky, like when I hear about it, it was just so awesome. And so being able to tell my own story, which is the American story, but all my life it, it was told that it was a foreign story, um, has been so um, strengthening, empowering, and you know, having others know that their, their story is important and we're telling a strong a narrative in the fabric of America, that was all extremely important to me. Um, to go out and tell. And that was my biggest kind of inspiration. And so was was your third short film, uh, Tough Crowd, was that kind of inspired on, based on your own story? Yeah, for sure. It was autobiographical. Um, so, you know, the Tough Crowd is about this girl that wants to be a stand-up comedian, but her sister wants her to be a doctor. And so um, that was me and my life with my family. Um, I don't have a sister, but <laughs> that was like just encompassing everybody. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the idea is like, you know, we can support the arts and keeping your mind to it and, and staying true to it, you will have support and you will have happiness and joy um, in it as well. So uh, switching gears a little bit, how has your presence on social media changed your career as a filmmaker? Wow, I've never gotten that question before, Lauren. Fantastic. And I think it's because you're, you're in school and you're asking that. Well, you know, I guess the biggest thing is, you know, so you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I am one of the first hijabi Muslim filmmakers. And because I live in Florida and I'm not in LA and New York, 
it's actually very hard to network and connect and all of that stuff. So social media has helped tremendously in that, in that sense. But I definitely come from a background where I'm not about the humble brag. You know, I, I don't like taking pictures of myself. I don't like doing all that stuff. And I had to force, I had to hire, it's actually a good friend of mine, um, Liz Getman. I had to hire her to be my social media person. And then she just had to do all this stuff because I have a really hard time talking about myself. Um, which is something I'm learning from the new generation, which I really appreciate. Um, and being in this industry, you have to just like, I mean, that's why majority of them are doing so well. They just sell themselves constantly. So what social media really has done for me is, you know, put me on a platform to where other people see, see me, see what I do and help me with my advocacy work and then connect me with other filmmakers that need mentorship or need advice, which I really appreciated as well. Um, and also because of COVID, you know, usually when we do things like this, like what we're having now, we have to fly out to the place and whatnot. But I've been doing like two panels or two talks a week um, because of the Zoom situation and being able to do this and also from social media in general is that people are seeing that I'm able to do those things and they're to connecting and talking with me. And I finding another thing that's great thing about social media is finding my community, which has been very difficult to find too. So finding people of color, women, um, filmmakers, all of us kind of pushing each other, supporting each other has been so super uplifting. So it's really kind of helped um, me in that sense, for sure. So would you recommend that strategy to other uh, aspiring filmmakers? So it's always interesting because if you look at quote unquote famous directors or women that are coming up, their social media is not like bumping, you know? Um, so I don't know if I really would because I don't think it makes or breaks your career. What I do, what I see that it does, it connects me and it networks me to like-minded people, to help um, younger individuals, to create more of a community. Um, so I guess it can help in that sense. And so if that's what you're going for as a storyteller, because you know I'm a filmmaker first and foremost, but advocacy and activism and education is a big part of who I am. And so that's why it really works for me for social media. A recent quote from your Instagram is, comedy is often overlooked as a tool to help educate the public and transform our opinion, especially when it comes to politics and religion. Um, and that's, that's a fantastic quote. And I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think about comedy it is that can open people's minds up? Yeah, so um, thank you for, for quoting that. I was like, every, when, I, when that quote, someone quoted me with that, I was like, I said that? That sounds super smart. <laughs> don't sound like me. Um, my favorite quote is, uh, the shortest distance between one person and another is, is laughter. And I think that really sums up the essence of who I am and who people are. So if there's tension between you, or if you don't understand something, or you're ignorant about them, when someone laughs, you're physiologically, like endorphins are coming up, you're happy, and you are opening up to the other person. And that's what I want to do when audience are sitting in the theater watching my films about any ethnic group, about any uh, ethnicity, or about Muslim women that I'm oppressed, you know, like, you know, like laugh with me, talk with me, learn from me. And so a lot for my shorts, you know, that's another thing that I addressed was the Middle Eastern, uh, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict um, because of how much tension is around that. And I really felt, even though it's a very serious issue, you know, bringing comedy into it can help us learn from each other. Um, and so even in my film with Americanish, you know, I address the politics that are happening in, um, in America today um, or through 2016 during the Trump era as well. 
because those are important things to address. And how am I going to address them? And do I have to address them in this dark, dramatic struggle? No, I don't. And that's not the way that things come, come to me. And that's not the way that I learn. So I know that other people feel this way and comedy makes everybody kind of feel better and, and open to things. And so, um, yeah, I really feel the best way to address these issues are comedy. And it's funny because I'm like, before I was like, this is the only way to address these issues. <laughs> you know, like, why aren't you doing it this way? Because it's very rare. And I don't know if you noticed, and I talk about this a lot, is that there's not many comedies anymore. Um, we were trying, like, we kept on trying, like, I, me and my students were sitting there, like, they just pulled it up trying to name it, like, they're trying to name comedies, and there haven't been much. And the reason why is because of the cancel culture. Um, and not saying that, like, it's, you shouldn't be saying terrible things, 100%, of course, but a lot of people are scared to come out and create jokes because um, of everybody kind of getting canceled and no one is trying to be offensive, right? And I mean, when I make my comedies, I'm not talking about anybody or like anything terrible or anything like that. But I think that if I had to solve the problem, like that's what the issue is. And kind of allowing more comedies is important. And, and also during COVID, people are like, we need more comedies, people need more comedies, everybody's super depressed. But where were the comedies? You know, the only thing comedy I can think of, which is not even a comedy, it's an action comedy, is Jumanji which I really appreciated. That was a really good, good, good comedy. Um, and then I know Booksmart came out uh, a few years ago as well. So it's just like harder to find these comedies. I was really appreciative of, I know I mentioned the 80s comedies and the 90s comedies, but the 2000 comedies, which is Apatow genre, like I call them the genre, but like I really appreciated his films a lot. And I think they're really hilarious. And I, I modeled my second you know, feature after Superbad. And you know, we, we're, that's, that's gone as well. So I'm wondering what's going to come up and when, because it's been a while. And we need that to learn and to laugh from each other. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up cancel culture because I wanted to ask you about that. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think about it in entertainment in general? So I, I definitely think it's super needed, <laughs> you know, 100%. Like, I'm all about, yes, finally. Like, these people that have been these crazy people that are doing so much wrong in our industry and how much POCs and women have been put down in the industry. It's ridiculous. So I love that that's happening. Like people need to be canceled. Um, but I think what we're trying to figure out as a community and a generation is where is that line? Like how far are we going to cancel somebody? Cause even when I see something and I'm like, dang, no, they didn't say that I'm canceling him, you know, like right away. And um, I've seen on the other side, people were like, oh, wait, that wasn't, that wasn't told like that. That wasn't meant that that was taken out of context or like, you know, all these quote unquote excuses. But then they, you think about it and like, wow, that's just, it just becomes super heavy. Then you become defensive as an artist or as a person. I'm like, okay, when is something um, self-expression and when is something offensive? And again, that's something I teach in my class too. I have an Islam class. It's like, you need to learn the line. Like I have them make a comedy, uh, a, a PSA about Muslims and like teaching about Muslims. So, so you tell me where the line is. I want you to feel that line to know if this is offensive or not, because we have to learn it. And so I think that it's important for, for our community. I think it's an important part for us to hold, hold people accountable and a great part of social media, but I think we need to find where the line is. More specifically about comedy, you know, some people think that 
comedians should have more leeway when it comes to being canceled because you know their job is to like push the boundaries and come up with with new things that have people haven't heard before but other people think that they should be held just as accountable you know as other people so what do you think about cancel culture in comedy with comedians and comedy writers specifically in film and tv yeah man that's hard it's hard because I feel like the line for comedians should be about not making fun of people and their race or their, 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 their sexual orientation or their disability. Like that should be the line. There's so much more of a plethora of things that you can make fun of. Right. But we always go to that as comedians, like, cause it's the easiest thing. Like for me, even me, like I love accents. Accents are hilarious, <laughs> you know, like people do Arab accents or whatever. I, I think it's funny and I'm, I'm from that culture. So, um, but I can see it like if a white comedian was doing that, I'd be like, okay, buddy, please stop. <laughs> but if an Arab was doing it, right? Like I would think it's funny because it's part of his culture and he's doing his mom, right? So there's authenticity to that and that could still be funny. But I think it's when it crosses different, if like different storylines or like you're not telling your own story, then I think that's where it becomes offensive. But there's so much, there's a plethora of comedy that we can create to where we just don't have to hurt a community or a culture. Be sure to stay tuned for part two of our conversation with Aman Zawari and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hangover Lounge Podcasts, on Twitter at Hangover Lounger, and on LinkedIn at Hangover Lounge. Thank you for joining us for the Hangover Lounge Blogcast, XCU, The Viewfinder, where we discuss screenwriting, filmmaking, audio storytelling, and offer different perspectives on entertainment and all things showbiz related. If you'd like to join our mailing list or be a guest or contributor on our blogcast and share your point of view with our community, please reach out to us through our website at hangoverloungepodcast.com and send us a message. And please check us out regularly for upcoming interviews with screenwriters, filmmakers, and industry insiders on our blogcast right here. We hope you've enjoyed your time here and will join us for more podcasts and storytelling. Until then, thank you for listening.